What's up, movie fans and Netflix bingers? This is the Bros Who Binge podcast. My name is Adam Schubert, and as always, I'm joined by Lennon Burden. Lennon, how are you doing this week? Doing well, man. We got a lot to talk about. It's Without Remorse Review Week. You know I'm excited to talk about that. Plus, we got the Invincible finale, which I'm not just going to let slide under the rug. That was an amazing finale. We got to talk our top 25 actresses again. In the news this week, controversial to say the least. A little bit, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, for when it comes to me and, and what's been going on with like my movie list, not a great week. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, I watched a Coen Brothers movie, Miller's Crossing. wasn't my favorite. Was not One of the weaker Coen Brothers movies, huh? Yeah, it was like it was like trying to be Boardwalk Empire, but just not as good. Mm. Okay. Um, okay. And uh, anything and, else? But I, did, but I did watch this show or this movie called Go with Katie Holmes and like uh, Brecken Meyer and um, uh, well, uh, Tay Diggs. Tay Diggs. And, <laughs> Every time yeah. Tay Diggs is in a movie, I'm like Tay Diggs. <laughs> it was a it was a pretty interesting movie. It was about like a, a drug deal. Oh, to me, the Olafan was in it. He was the drug dealer. It was like nice. a drug deal gone wrong. It was kind of like Pulp Fiction, where it was vignettes, but just it was like the kind of vignette that is like the same story timeline told in different mm, points of view. Okay, what was that movie that was uh, like Vantage Point <laughs> with uh, Dennis Quaid? Sort of like Vantage Point yeah. and fucking. Um, Fucking uh, Forrest Whitaker. I was going to say something about his eye, but I'm glad his name came <laughs> to me before I could do that. But, yo, I forgot that I'm uh, funny enough. I have like almost a list type thing now because I told you off air. I forgot that I bought. Mo- I used to buy movies. So like oh, yeah. from high school till now, I've been buying movies on my PlayStation and didn't know about it. I go and check and I'm like, holy shit, I have so many good movies. And it just reminded me. I always been a movie guy. I had Sicario back when it first dropped Grand Budapest Hotel. Like my my like I have Drive on there. Nice guys. Man from Uncle Casino Royale. But then I got shit like The Hunger Games and 22 Jump Street. And I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking buying that? You know, I did. You know, I mentioned Go, but I also did watch a couple of stuff that you would really enjoy. Mm, okay. That I watched. I did watch Chinatown. Nice, good movie. Jack Nicholson, one of his yeah. best. Yeah, I wasn't too crazy about it, but the but it worked. The ending works. I mean, like it's it's a good movie. It was a uh, it a was little a, slow. A little slow. It was de- you could definitely tell it was filmed in 1974. Yeah, um, some movies that are old don't feel like it was old, but that one definitely does. It does. And um but you the see the one, beginning, like you don't get LA confidential without Chinatown. That's true. It's true. Yeah. Like I Chinatown mean, you, you definitely totally see the pa- parallels. Yeah, sure. that's that's that that's what I love about Chinatown. Like it's the you see the parallels to noirs that are made today. Um, and then one that you're really gonna love, and I actually need to go and check out your review about it, uh Akira. Oh, nice, nice. Definitely check out yesterday. check out our review, Run It Back, me and Krista, and all the Run It Backs are now. It was not what I expected it was to no, be. No, it's not. I, you, you thought it was going to be some action-y shit, huh? I thought it was going to be like some action-y shit with nope. motorcycles. Nope, nope, like, nope. wait, what is this? Yep, crazy movie. Now it's like Jordan Peele is going to direct an American version, huh? <laughs> crazy, I know. So, but uh, 
for all those who love our running backs, they're now all in a playlist on YouTube together. You don't have to go to the Bros Who Binge playlist or the Anime Talk playlist. It's all in one spot. So y'all make sure y'all check that out. Also, the Step Brothers run it back. Me, Schubert, uh, Ian reviewed Step Brothers. That's out now. So you can you guys can check that out. But but yeah, we're about to put out the poll to the next run it back. And I just to let the people know it's going to be a Denny Villeneuve exclusive poll. We did Nolan. I mean, we didn't do Nolan yet, but we've done Tarantino. We've done a Scorsese. It's time to do a Villeneuve. And the choices will be Prisoners, Arrival, Sicario and uh, Blade Runner 2049. Not a lot. I mean, he doesn't have a lot of movies to choose from. So it, that's the we, thing. We're only missing one, really. I'm I'm so excited to talk about that on Run It Back because he to say that those are his first five movies. Tell me a director with a better first five movies than that. I'll wait. It's it's Tarantino. It's like I don't even know if Scorsese's yeah. first five are that good. I don't know about Scorsese. Uh, Nolan maybe. But- Tarantino is up there because he, you know, he only has a limited amount. Yep. I don't know. We'd have to do more, some more intense research on that, but we'll have, we'll talk about that when we end up doing the running back. I'm sure. Yeah, we definitely will. Like just real. Yeah. Like I just want to know Scorsese's first five films real quick. Just not to, not to derail the thing. Cause we do have a lot to talk about, but yeah, no. Isn't after hours. One of them. It's it's uh so I'm not going to count like his, his student documentary work stuff. It's mean streets. Taxi Driver. Oh yeah, in seventies movies. Yeah. What is New New York, New York, which is a musical drama? I'm not gonna count that. I'm gonna just count movie movies. So yeah, it's it's it's. I think After Hours. Hold on, let me see. Okay. After Hours is ninety two, so it wouldn't be his first. No, five. no, 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 no. Okay, his first five: Mean Streets, Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, King yep. of Comedy, and yeah, After Hours, nineteen eighty five. Okay, well, it's I mean, that's not a bad one. stretch. That's a, a good stretch. stretch. That's a great stretch. So. You know, Villeneuve is in rare air, so it's only right that he's on Run It Back. But we got a lot to discuss today, Shuby. I got to come at some people today. I'm feeling a type of way. So whenever you're ready, we can get started. All right, I'm ready. So let's get into it. So I wanted to, you know, it's a couple of days after now, but wish everyone a happy May the 4th. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a big day for Star Wars fans because Bad Batch came out on Disney Plus. And man, did it come out firing. Uh, and I know a lot of people on Star Wars Twitter, we were waking up that morning and expecting like a 30 minute, 40 minute, maybe 20 minute. <laughs> yeah. You know, short little episode, maybe two episodes, but we got one long hour and 15 minute episode. Crazy. And man, did it feel like a mini movie. It, it was great. It was, it was absolutely good. phenomenal. Damn, now like, I got to watch um, it. Yeah, I mean, it's, the the main concern for a lot of people was that it was going to kind of carry over and feel like you were watching more Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. But it feels like you're watching a wholly different show. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's got its Rebels tie really early on. I, I, not too big a spoiler, but uh, Caleb Doom makes an early appearance in the first few minutes. Wait, that's a... Padawan. That's a... Kanan. Kanan. Okay, yeah. You said Caleb. You, you know I'm That's not that now. Nah. Yeah, I know. I know. You should just hit me with Kanan. <laughs> um, uh, so he comes in. A lot of people have been joking about that because Freddie Prince Jr. voices the character. He voices so a kid one too? Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, so it sounds <laughs> like funny. he's an adult. Um, but yeah, the cast of characters for The Bad Batch definitely made their presence known in that first arc of the final season of Clone Wars. But the dynamic is definitely moved into a different direction uh you really are they don't just like feel... hitmen um this uh, this beginning episode really kind of just touched upon 
the changing of the guard, like the beginning mm. of the, the movie, you still get some ties to Revenge of the Sith because okay. it's the transition, Order 66, stuff like that. You know, they're all defective clones, so not all of them have to follow those orders, but some of them do follow the orders and some of them are based on order, like mm. fo- order following kind of like mindsets. So it's like how to deal with that. Uh, G- um, Governor Tarkin makes an appearance. They've already met him in the Clone Wars season, uh, final season. Okay. So they have a little bit of a strained relationship with him, but he's kind of testing the metal of Camino because as the Empire moves into its new regime, then you do they want to they continue wanna... with the yeah. clones? Okay. Uh, you know what? That's interesting because we've never gotten that conversation really. Sure. So of I mean, like, like continuing or not continuing. So I think that's definitely interesting. Yeah, it's a really interesting. Um, it's a really interesting episode of just the transition into the Empire. How are pe- certain people are feeling about it? What are what are the differences between the Empire and the Republic? Uh, this, since the Bad Batch is, really is like their own entity, their own people mm-hmm. for the most part. They kind of see things through a different lens than the rest of the clones. Mm. Um, you also are introduced to a new Bad Batch member. I don't want to talk about that too much because we you'll watch it. But um, but yeah, I mean, I think it was a phenomenally done episode. I'm glad they came with the hour and fifteen right off the bat to get us sucked into it. I, I don't think I, I doubt that it's going to be super yeah, long like that hour moving forward. Week. Yeah, no, maybe but, the finale. Um, maybe the finale. I mean. You know, I could see them being able to carry this for a while, though. Real okay, so because that, because it's a, it's a long time span. I mean, it's the end of Revenge of the Sith, and they can go all the way up to Rebels. Mm, okay, that is a long so, time. True. And they can even they could even run side by side with Rebels. I doubt they would because I would assume the Rebels would have encountered them. Yeah. So, so they'll probably die, but. Yeah, I mean, when, I mean, it hey, is. it is. They're like they are Star Wars the Suicide Squad, so I fuck with that. Hell yeah! Well, I'm gonna watch the episode tonight, and we can do a non-spoiler. You know, next week we. we I, I would say we can even wait on it a little bit okay. more. Okay. Um, because the season's gonna last for a while. If you, you know, if you want to come and give your thoughts next week on that episode, because it is kind of like a little movie in itself. But I assume we'll probably talk about it at the end. Same with what we're doing with uh, Yasuke. Okay, cool, cool. A word. Well, next up, let's go to the world of DC. A lot of DC news. So Finn Wittrock has been cast in the lead role in the upcoming Green Lantern series at HBO Max. Fit uh Whit- Withrock will be starring as Guy Gardner, who is described as a hulking mask of masculinity and, and rendered in the comics an embodiment of 1980s hyper-patriotism. Uh, but Guy is still a likable character. Withrock is the first actor to be cast in the show. Also, Titan Season 3 will release on July 22nd. And finally, the next Superman film will officially be with the first black actor as Kal-El with WB committing to a black director, Barry Jenkins, Stephen Cable Jr., J.D. Dillard, Regina King, and Shaka King are all said to be potential candidates who could direct the next Superman film. Now, Schubert, let, let me start off and then I'll get, I'll go to you and we can discuss it as a whole. But I got to go on a little rant. First off, people were bitching saying, oh, where's Jon Stewart? Where's Jon Stewart? Where's Jon Stewart? This is racist. They don't like this. WB's not casting the right Green Lantern. Are y'all fucking idiots? Jon Stewart's going to be in the fucking movie. This has been stated that this is going to be all the no-name lanterns, the knockoff lanterns of Guy Gardner, Alan Scott, uh, Simon Bass, Jessica Cruz. 
And they're even making a black actress, Green Lantern, to be the future version. This is told over a multitude of years. This is not going to be Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart. They are still getting a buddy cop movie. Jon Stewart's still going to be the main Green Lantern with Hal Jordan as his mentor. I'm tired of the DC Warner Brothers slander. I'm tired of it because it's just ridiculous that we're just trying to nitpick everything, but Marvel can just do anything and we're cool with it. So that's number one. Now, number two, because we're going to talk about Finn Withrock as a casting when I open it up to you. This is just my final thing. Number two, in terms of Black Superman, I saw a lot of people like, oh, we want Henry Cavill back. Oh, we miss Cavill. We want Cavill. Why are y'all doing this? There's Icon. There's all these other Black characters yet you don't want to cast Jon Stewart. My only problem with this is you could have done Val Zod. You could have done Calvin Ellis. However, there is a black Superman Kal-El. Schubert knows we talked about this, but my thing I said was I wanted Val Zod or Calvin Ellis. Now, with that being said, that's the only thing I dislike about the story. Y'all didn't support Henry Cavill. What are we fucking talking about? If you wanted him... Y'all should have went to Man of Steel. Y'all should have went to BVS. Y'all said y'all hated that, but now it's something different because they're doing something different to give it a chance. Nah, dog, that's not how it works. And anyway, y'all are all hating on it, but if Regina King is the director, if Barry Jenkins is the director, if Shaka King is the director, that's going to be fire. That's a W. I don't care. Any way you slice it, Barry Jenkins, one of the best directors in Hollywood. Regina King, up-and-coming director who's been killing it at everything she does. And Shaka King just did. Yeah, but, you know, in terms of being producer, she produced Watchmen. She learned from Lindelof, but I understand your hesitation. But let's say Shaka King just did Judas and the Black Messiah. So those are great names as people to be directors. Again, my only problem is that it's not Val Zod or Calvin Ellis, but I'm not going to be like some people on Twitter who's like, oh, fuck this movie. Warner Brothers doesn't know what they're doing. This, that, and the third. Get out of here with that. Yeah. You know, um, I'll touch on your Superman stuff first. Uh, For me, you know, out of the four names, like I was mentioning, I'm not too high on Regina King as being the 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 choice to be a director of a Superman film, but all three, all all the rest of the three, I'm I'm down for. I mean, I just think it's too early to be casting Regina or be putting Regina King in charge of a a really big that's movie fair. like that. Um, but all if, the if it's them, Barry Jenkins, that's Oscar winning Barry Jenkins. Like that's what I'm saying. All the rest of them are past due for the ability to have a movie like this. So I think that they should should uh, give it to to one of these names for sure. Um. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm with you where I think Balzot or Calvin Ellis would have been a little bit more interesting. I think a lot of people with the arguments of like race bending characters has always been like, you know, the the idea of pandering. And I feel like if you would have just gone with the established character, then like you wouldn't be you wouldn't have I, people I, coming after you about just that. To, just to play devil's advocate there is a black Kal-El like that's the thing yeah, yeah. like it's a it's not, in the com- a, yeah. it's in the comics like if you if these people like I, I and I understand I would prefer Val Zod because he's his own character but I don't like the oh use icon this that and the y'all wouldn't go watch no, a mean, fucking that, icon movie like what are no, we fucking no. talking that's just yeah. excuses because you're upset that there's a black Superman. I'm just gonna be honest because you did not support yeah. Henry Cavill but now that he's gone Oh, I want Henry Cavill back. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, with that. 
my personal take on it is not necessarily more so that I don't want a black Kal-El is more so that I was really interested in finding out, like seeing a movie that was Calvin Ellis or Val Zod, just because like, that's something that we've never seen before. And that, and that's a fair take. That is fair. And so like, that's where I think it would have been really interesting. Um, And it even kind of leads into talking about this green lantern deal. Um, I'm glad that this is kind of a separate from what the Green Lanterns of the movies are going to be doing because this, we've never really seen a lot of stuff of Guy Gardner and the rest. Um, when it comes to the casting, I think Win- Finn Wintrock is fantastic casting. He's a great actor. He's been in a lot of really good TV series, American Crime Story, Gianni Versace, Ratchet, American Horror Story. Uh, he's you know he's been do, in big been movies like this. La La Land. I mean, this has been a, this is a big opportunity for him to, to pretty much be the main guy in this series. Um, so I think it's a fantastic casting. I'm really excited um, to see Guy Gardner on screen. Same. I've seen him before in um, in the cartoons, but you know, I think this is going to be a really exciting series. So I, don't, I, think, didn't, I didn't really realize that that was the conversation people were having just, because, like, it's pretty just, obvious that just the, bitching because the John imagine Stewart okay, would be the movie first guy. Let's say, let's say they gave John Stewart to the TV series. You'd have been bitching that you oh you relegated the Black Green Lantern to TV, but Guy Gardner can be in a movie. What do you want them to do? Like it, yeah. it's it's ridiculous. John Stewart's gonna get a movie. People realize that he's one of the most popular Green Lanterns, if not the second most behind Hal. They're not gonna not make a movie with him. They intend yeah. to make a movie. Yeah. So, so um, and and then back to Superman. I think you know again, Flash is the most important piece here because like I felt like. If you didn't do Kal-El, then you had an easier transition into bringing in, in, in a new Superman. But now it puts a little bit more pressure on Flash because now you're going to have to really set up that multiverse because now it's going to, you know, who is, where is the Superman going to lie? Is he going to, yeah, where is he lying in, in the stretch is of this he, multiverse? Is he, is he Matt Reeves' super, yeah. Superman or is he a Superman in his own verse? I think this adds so much level of intrigue because you still can get normal Kal-El eventually and then have it to where, oh, there's this big multiverse event. This this black Superman is going to have to come. This Superman is going to have to come. They might do Chinese Superman. They can do so a multitude of things because that's what the multiverse is. And we just saw a major event where there was 10 Superman fighting this fucking anti-monitor-like villain. So it's possible. But I'm with you. I definitely want to see if this is in Matt Reeves' verse because Superman is mentioned in newspaper articles in the Batman. So where does he, who is their Superman? We don't know. We haven't seen it. We've just seen the costume. So I think this could be very, very interesting. And if he's Matt Reeves's Superman, I think that could add for an amazing contrast, a very, uh, a very interesting story to tell with Robert Pattinson. Sure. Sure. So um, I'm not, I, I, again, like, like I said, my only, my only complaint about it is like you said, where it's, damn Val Zod would have been interesting seeing a Zod as Superman or Calvin Ellis would have been interesting seeing another person. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like how I feel about Spider-Man at this point, I would much rather see a Miles Morales Spider-Man movie than another Peter Parker Spider-Man movie. Exactly. And that's the thing It's just, if you're just giving us Kal-El, but making him black was the difference. My guess is they're going to take Calvin Ellis' storyline. And then if, if you want me to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if, Okay, it's it's Kal-El, but instead of Clark Kent, his name might be Calvin Ellis. I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. That that could work. 
that could work. They could definitely figure it out. We don't know. I would, I would trust any one of the names that's been listed here to be able to to make it work. That's for exactly. sure. Exactly. And because the thing is, they didn't say that this was going to be Clark Kent. They did not say. I'm like, I'm going back and read the story, but they. I don't. I don't remember them saying this is Clark Kent. I just know that they said that's specifically it's Kal El, and that's and that's, and that's a that's a real good point. Like that is different, and like, uh, and that's what I'm saying. Everybody's jumping to conclusions, and they don't know. Like, I think for the fact that they specifically said Kalel, it's probably going to be Calvin Ellis. All right. All so, right. but that's all I got on the DC front. I know we didn't talk too much Titans, but July 22nd, we better get a trailer soon. Yeah, we should. We should. <laughs> Any and, day and now. Would, and I would like to hear more casting for that Green Lantern series. You know, we got Finn. Wintrock for guy. Let's we need Alan Scott. We, we for... need Jessica Cruz, Simon Baz. We need the and Sinestro. Sinestro is going to be a big part of it. I see. Mm-hmm. I see that this might tie into the movies because if you're going to have Sinestro in this, he's got to be in the movies. Sure, I feel like it's a way to set him up too. True. I feel like, and I feel like you know, Finn Wintrock is somewhere in the middle of high build and low build. So and- I feel like Sinestro could be your high build. And then the thing is, Finn Rintrock, like you said, is is not is in between. He's good enough to be a supporting actor to a lead actor of John Stewart and Hal Jordan. One hundred percent. So it's just like we're complaining too early, and we're just I think it's just Warner Brothers hate at this point. Yeah. Man. So, um, moving into the trailers, uh, we had an Eternals first look. We'll save that first. We'll talk about uh, Awake because Linda didn't want to watch it. No, I didn't. It didn't. It did not interest me. <laughs> um, it's got uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, Gina Rodriguez, and a few others. It's pretty much like uh, some kind of apocalypse event it shuts down like all the power and all the vehicles on Earth. And on top of that, nobody can sleep. Apparently, everyone cannot fall asleep. Um, Gina Rodriguez's daughter is like the only person who can fall asleep. There's like different stages of like not sleeping. It seems really stupid. I, I, I wanted to talk about it just because like it's just Netflix doing another thing. Trying I'm so to sick get of apocalypse like- movies. I'm so sick of them. They're all the same. This this reminds me of fucking what's the one with B- Bird Box or B- that's the, what I was about to say. And quiet. This is just another version of Quiet Place and Bird Box. At, at this point, I really only think we can have one. And, and I'm just I'll just ride with the Quiet Place at this point because because Quiet Place 2 is coming out. And it's the original, so I'm rocking with that one. Let's just stick with Quiet Place. (laughs) Fun fun fact in uh, Quiet Place, I saw, I've been, I follow a lot of um, stuff on Instagram that gives you like movie insights. And if you watch closely in the Quiet Place, when they go into like a gas station or something, all the shelves are cleared except the chip, the chip aisle. Mm. Because chips make too much noise. Ah. I'm like, that's smart. That is smart. That that's pretty cool. That's when you know you're really taking this film super serious. Unlike yeah. Game of Thrones that has Starbucks cup in it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, the next one is The Misfits, which Lennon did watch. This, this looks movie. like the Italian Job, bro. <laughs> I'm Apparently, telling you, shout out to Ian. Ryan's London of the uh, Italian job. It stars Pierce Brosnan, <laughs> ja- Jamie Chung of Real Real World and Challenge fame. Hey, don't do that. She from she in Watchmen now. She an actress. <laughs> uh, Nick Cannon, who pretty much acts like a parody of Nick Cannon in this movie, and uh, Tim Roth. 
Yep. Basically, Tim Roth is Edward Norton. Pierce Brosnan is Mark Wahlberg. Jamie Chung is Charlize Theron. Nick Cannon is most deaf. And the other Asian actor in this, I'm sorry, I don't know his name, is Jason Statham. This is 100% the Italian job. And there's gold bars. They're stealing gold bars the same way underneath something. Instead, it's in a prison instead of like a underground tunnel. This is 100% just like the Italian job. Yeah, the whole point of it is pretty much just a bunch of people uh, getting revenge. Certain certain sets of talents they're trying to steal from criminals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's exactly. coming out on June 11th in theaters. Um, and because of what Paramount said earlier about Paramount movies that are coming out in theaters, you can ass- I assume that this will be on Paramount Plus soon after. It's a, a June 11th release date. Yep. So I'll check it out and make fun of it. It's one of those bad movies that are fun to laugh at. It might I feel like though. I feel like it would be better if they just recast Nick Cannon. <laughs> like I mean, I, and I'm not like a Nick Cannon hater. I think he does a really great job, like with Wild and Out and like his hosting, hosting gigs. He's not an actor anymore. But like he's just not an actor anymore, man. Like, <laughs> and not for something like this. And then he like. He, they he gave him this fake, fake ass wig. They gave him some bad accents, some bad wigs. I'm telling you, this is gonna be a comedy. I'm laughing at this shit. I want Nick yeah. Cannon to laugh, but you're right. It would be a movie I could take more seriously if he wasn't in it. Yeah. So you know, but say la vie. So, so the last trailer we have is Marvel um, put something out, pretty much the talking first about look their, of their new slate. Their yeah, their their slate coming up, um, mainly. Uh, we got a good first look at the Eternals. I thought it looked pretty good. Yeah, I thought it looked um, interesting. I, we, we got to saw uh, Angelina Jolie with the sword. We got to see mm-hmm. Buff Kumel Nanjiani, who was looking like a total unit out there. We got to <laughs> see Richard Madden. It got it got a good look at the cast. I'm actually very intrigued of this movie now. Um, I want to see get- a, I want to see a trailer more so focused on the Eternals. Same. But like- from the first look, it seems like it's going to be not bad. Well, Chloe Zhao did this, correct? Yeah, so- Oscar winning Chloe Zhao. So, I mean, I assume it's not going to be bad. Um, you know, when it comes to excitement, I'm still more excited about Shang-Chi, but I definitely think that Eternals is going to fit within the, the MCU and, and yep. in a good way. So. so the release dates, Black Widow, July 9th, uh, Shang-Chi, September 3rd, Eternals, November 5th, Spider-Man, December 17th, Doctor Strange, March 25th, which they definitely was like, we got to drop this in March, but we're not going to be around the Batman. We're going to be at the end of the month. We'll give Batman the beginning of the month because we know that's going to be trouble. That's going to definitely hurt Dr. Strange's uh, box office because I think the Batman is going to be a hit. And I think it's still going to be selling. Number How many one weeks in between? Of, like, uh, hold on. I'll tell you. Give me one second. I just got to read. I just got to see Batman release date. Batman. Yeah, because because my thought process on it is like, March I feel like 4th. Batman. Yeah, it won't, it won't matter. I think it'll still open number one. Batman will probably still be at number two, um, but that's three weeks. That is okay. So four, yeah, they that is one, yeah, three weeks. Okay, so they definitely made sure they steered clear. But to me, still, Batman's the most interesting comic book movie of the next two years, even with this whole Marvel slate. Because after that, you get Thor: Love and Thunder May six, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, which hurts my heart. We'll talk to that in a little bit. July eighth. The Marvels, which I think is fucking interesting, but if I'm Brie Larson, I'm pissed. November 11th, Ant-Man, Quantumanium, February 17th, 2023, and then Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, May 5th, 2023. Also, Blade is starting to film uh, in a little bit, so I'm I'm assuming Blade will come after Guardians. 
And another Marvel story we have in here, just to mention it now, Loki will start June 9th. Yep, on Wednesday. So that on means Wednesdays. y'all are going to get the review bright and early Thursday morning, baby. Marvel helped us out and changed up the date. I rock with y'all for that, Marvel. Thank you. But in terms of this Marvel stuff, to me, the Marvels is super cool that they're including Photon uh, from- And Miss Marvel. And Miss Marvel. So it's going to be all of them. If I'm Brie Larson, I'm a little upset. Because she, her movie wasn't that good. So they said, you know what? We're going to go get people that are likable. <laughs> and people who are who have developed early following. You know, Brie Larson had to come out and pretty much carry a movie on, on her own um, right off the bat. And um, now she's going to have be, a little help. She's going to have a little help, but it's going to be two people who have probably gained a little bit more popularity as characters before her because Ms. Marvel series will already be out. And people want to see more from Monica Rambeau. Monica Rambeau. Um, Photon's logo is actually seen in the Miss uh, in the Marvel's title. So is uh, so is um, Miss Marvel's S. Yeah, 100%. So I'm excited for that. Wakanda forever hurts my heart because this tells me they're not recasting T'Challa and they're going to give it. They already said that. It's just so stupid. It's so stupid. I don't give a damn, bro. I don't care about Shuri. I don't care about a Koye. I don't care about uh, Lupita Nyong'o's character. Like, wow. I'm gonna be honest. Out of out of all of them, I'm just the least excited for Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Same. I'm, Same. I'm more excited. And it would have been the the Marvels. It would have been Captain Marvel too. But the fact that they're including Monica Rambeau and Miss Marvel instantly put them ahead of them. I mean, Guardians 3, I don't give a fuck about, but like Wakanda Forever at least upsets me. I'm not upset about Guardians 3. I just don't care. Whereas Wakanda Forever, I'm not interested and I'm upset. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, that's the crazy thing about the Monica Rambeau effect is like the Marvels has really jumped up there for me. Like I really Mm want to see that movie um, more so than some of the other listed. Shang-Chi's still number one though. Like for sure. Maybe Thor Love and Thunder just because we're getting Taika with TD again and we get to see Jane, uh, Natalie Portman come back as Thor for a little bit. For me, you know, I'm not going to even include Black Widow in this because I should have seen it a year ago. (laughs) Um, uh, But for me, fuck about Black Widow. (laughs) The most exciting for me is, of course, Spider Man. Um, Oh, yeah. After that, I would probably put, um, I'd probably put Shang-Chi, then. then the Marvels and then Eternals out of the ones that, no, no, probably, probably Dr. Strange and then Marvels, then the Eternals, but Marvels and Dr. Strange are going back and forth with here with me here, because like, yeah. I feel like the Marvels will also Play mention Secret, Secret War. Wars. Yep. So like, oh. and Secret Wars is one of the things I'm super excited about. So I don't know. It's just, you know, I'm, one I'm excited me, about different parts of the slate. Shang-Chi number one. Doctor Strange multiverse number two, just because of the multiverse effect. Number three, Spider Man. Not Spider Man's multiverse. No, just because I don't get. I don't know. No, no. Spider Man number three, then uh, the Marvels, then Eternals. The Marvels are jumping up high. Yeah. Did you see how uh, salty Andrew Garfield was that he's not going to be in the Spider Man movie? (laughs) He was like, "They ain't calling me. Stop asking me." Poor, poor Andrew, man. They should put him in. They bring in Jamie Foxx in. I feel like that might be a smoke screen, though, because Alfred Molina came out straight up and was like, yeah, I'm in it. 
<laughs> yeah, Alfred Molina, Molina was like, I'm in it. Like, Alfred sure. Molina didn't get the memo that you're not supposed to talk about Marvel. That's didn't why the I think guy... Andrew Garfield might be in it. I think he might be. Yeah, didn't the guy who plays Sandman, isn't he supposed to be in that? Sam, team? he's going to be in it. Alfred and Molina. In... Uh, no, Sandman was in Tobey Maguire's, but Jamie Foxx was okay, in okay. Andrew Garfield's, and Jamie Foxx is in it. Is Electro. So I think Andrew Garfield is going to be in it. I don't know. Maybe we'll see. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for Marvel. We mentioned the name Taika Waititi and Taika oh, real Waititi. Quick. They also oh. showed the Fantastic Four thing at the end. So that means that that's going to be in phase four. Yeah, yeah. It's coming. We'll, we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Give me a just cast. Want to, just want to let the people know, you know. <laughs> uh, so Taika Waititi is hit in the high seas as the dreaded pirate Blackbeard in the, <laughs> in the upcoming HBO Max comedy series, Our Flag Means Death. <laughs> Shubert, uh, all I think of is Zeh ha 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 Not going to beat Marshall D. Teach, Taika. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know. Every time I see Blackbeard now, all I think about is One Piece. Yeah. But, um, with YTD joins previously announced lead Reese Darby, the pair previously worked together on Flight of the Concords and What We Do in the Shadows. Ah, uh, this is gonna be a comedy. So they're yeah, they said it's a comedy series. Um, the show is loosely based on the true adventures of Steed Bonnet, who's gonna be played by Darby, a pampered aristocrat who abandoned his life of privilege to become a pirate. Um, a quote from uh from the people involved: Our Blackbeard is a legend, a lover. A fighter, a tactical genius, a poetic soul, and quite possibly insane. That's what series creator David Jenkins said. The only man who could play this role is the great Taika Waititi. (laughs) Good for this. I'll check it out. I know you're a big one. uh, What we do in the Shadows fan. So this might be up your alley. And uh, I'll get I'll get your word on it to make sure it's good before I I watch it. Because like you said, when I find the Concords too. I mean, find the Concords. I like Flight of the Concords a lot. But to me, when I hear Blackbeard, I think of, like you said, one piece. And this is not going to be action-y. So I'm very interested to see the comedic aspect of it. For sure. So, but all right, next up. This is a story that when I saw, I was like, whoa. And you were even, you were definitely excited to talk about this. Law and Order, they're doing it again. We're expanding. Uh, the NBC's giving out a straight to series order for Law and Order for the defense. The series will take a look inside the criminal defense firm. The series will put the lawyers under a microscope along with the criminal justice system with every week delivering the promise of a, comp- a contemporary morality tale. At least they're going back to crime of the week instead of like the Stabler show, which is an ongoing thing. So I'm interested in that, but it's going to be interesting because they're going from a different perspective. Whereas we always see it from the prosecuting anger, whether that's the cops or the lawyers that work with the cops in law and order, law and order SVU, this is from the defensive side. So it's going to be, I'm actually very interested in this more so than the Stabler series we've been watching. I'm more interested in this than the Stabler series because it is, you know, a different, a different case every week. Uh, but it's very difficult for me to think law and order and then think about criminal prosecutors mm-hmm. because usually they're the villains. The villain. Yeah, that's the thing. That's um, why I think it's interesting that they're going to go from this side. And I think it's only right because not all criminal defense people are villains. Like, that's the thing. And you can get some you know, intriguing a, a stories. Do, it's like some really great pro bono work. You know, I think like uh, the the cases I would want to see more so, and it's going to be a little bit of a mixture. Are people getting conspired against people because, like mm-hmm. people lying on them, like them not actually doing it, like falsely accused that, that those are going to, I can tell you, we're going to get a case where a girl says she's gotten raped and it's going to be a lie. And we're going to get that case. And it's going to be a morality thing. 100 and then but then on the flip i do think there are going to be some cases where it is actually the murderer and they're going to yeah. show that the defense attorney has to do his job 
yeah, despite what they may believe is the actual crime has to do their job. Um, real quick, well, who is the best defense attorney in all of Law and Order? Oh man, defense. It's, I got a really easy one. Go ahead, Viola Davis. Oh yeah, she was. She yeah, she definitely did. I was thinking, yeah, she's the only one that really stands out that I can remember. Because yes. like, she's the only one that stands out. She I'm, killed it. I'm trying to think. Defense attorneys law on SVU. Let's see. Let's see who they give us. Uh, yeah, see, like, like you said, it's got to be Viola Davis. But I do like Ned Eisenberg, Roger Kressler, who's been seen on SVU a lot. He's a, a scumbag nine times out of ten. Um, yep. Also, David Thornton, Lionel Granger. He's a scumbag as well. We've seen him. But you're right. It's Viola Davis as Donna Emmett. Crazy. She, oh, also she, like uh, Beverly D'Angelo from uh, from the uh, whatchamacallit's. From uh, family vacation, uh, National Lampoon, the mom. Oh, oh, as she, Rebecca she's Balthus. One. Yeah, she's a defense attorney as well. So I don't remember that one. Yeah, bro, she's she's in there a lot. She's always like very uh, I don't want to say uppity, but she's very snooty. Mm. So so yeah, I think what's going to be interesting is who is the firm. Mm-hmm. And who are the who are the people that are being represented in this firm? Because I doubt it's going to be uh, Law and Order Staples. I think it's going to be a brand new cast, and I feel yep. like it's going to be somebody who is uh, a little uh, bit easier to root for. A younger actor. This is going to be a big shot to give, like, to get your new your new Mariska Hargitay, your new Stabler. Like, this is gonna this could be big because then they can start going in SVU. They can go in these other shows if it's a hit, you know? Yeah. The Law and Order universe, man, growing. But uh, next up, we got Elizabeth Olsen is set to star in the new HBO Max limited series uh, that boasts an all-star lineup behind the camera as well. Olsen will star in Love and Death, which hails from writer and executive producer David E. Kelly. Nicole Kidman will also executive produce with Leslie Linka. Uh, Gladder on board to direct the series based on a true story of uh, Texas housewife Candy Montgomery, who murdered her friend from church, Betty Gore, with an axe in 1980. Also, Olsen will star as Montgomery. Wow, this is big for uh, Elizabeth. Good for her. This is this could be a, a big new HBO show. Yeah, uh, I haven't gotten a chance to watch Mayor of Easttown yet. I want I've Me heard neither, it's but really I heard it's great. really good. Yeah, same. Um, I do. I, I kind of wanted to wait until I could like binge it a little bit more. Mm hmm. Um, so, you know, HBO max apparently is putting together some good series. Um, you know, we'll talk about it later on. I think there's, a, we got another series to talk about, uh, within th- just today, but you know, this sounds like a pretty good one. You know, uh, I really love the undoing. Of course, Nicole came in now and executive producing this. I think it's going to be, you know, super dramatic, serious tone. Elizabeth Olsen showed what she could do, uh, in like wind river with, um, Mm-hmm. With drama, yeah. With so Jeremy I really like, yeah. So I'd really like to see uh, her in this role. Yeah, no, I'm with you. That was a great, great, great movie. When River, so I like to see Elizabeth Olsen do more stuff. I mean, like she's this. a cop in that. But yeah, she is. We'll and this she's gonna be a murderer, killer. so she can tap into that Scarlet Witch crazy energy a little bit and get, get mm-hmm. a little more 
a while. But next up, the Red Sonja film reboot finally has casted the lead Red Sonja. It will be Hannah John Kramer, best, I mean, Kamen. Hannah John Kamen, best known for her roles in Ant-Man and the Wasp as the ghost in Brave New World and Killjoys. She is now going to be the titular superheroine who wears the chain armor. Uh, the project, we still don't have a date yet, but Tasha Hyo is the showrunner and executive producer behind Tomb Raider animated series for Netflix and Legendary, was confirmed to be writing the script with Soloway of Red Sonja. This is good. I'm glad it's finally coming. Now if we can only get Viking Ninja Warrior to come, the Chris Pratt yeah. movie, that'll be amazing. I'm, I'm ready for both of these. Yeah, uh, I didn't really know that this was on the horizon, um, but you know, I think this could be something that really works uh, mm -hmm. depending on the people involved and how and where it ends up landing in the streaming wars. Yep. Um, and with this being we'll said, very similar to He-Man, which we were talking about Noah Centineo last week. Dude got dropped. He's out. He's out. Damn, poor Noah. I don't know if he got dropped or if he pulled out. Because, I mean, like, mm. that that could be a, a really big part of the story because I remember when we were talking about it, we were like, you know, and then he's going to do the He-Man stuff. But I, even when we were talking about that, I was like, that could be a plus or a minus. I feel like it could it could have been him being like, hey, this is not going to be good for me. I need yeah, to get out. especially with his new CIA show. And then he's Adam Smasher in DC, which is his blockbuster. He'll probably get more role, more time doing that. Maybe he was like, this He-Man shit is a hot mess. Maybe so. I mean, we haven't heard much out of it since he was cast in the role. Just that he got, just that he was out. He left. And you're right. They didn't say he got dropped. So that he might have walked. I, I when I saw the story, I thought he walked. I thought that, that was what that was. You're right. It definitely could be that crazy. But at least we're getting Red Sonja. So hopefully she doesn't drop <laughs> and stays yeah. through. Stays through. Good, so good casting. You know, uh, interesting that you're getting someone who. Uh, is producing an animated series for Netflix to be the, the showrunner. Well, to be the writer, um, she's writing. Or to be the writer. Yeah, because she's the showrunner um, yeah. for the animated series. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. I don't know much about Joey Soloway. No, I mean, he's going to direct it. So, you know, um, cool. I'm, we just need to see a little bit more. The next story we got uh, is Thomas and McKenzie, best known for her role in Jojo Rabbit. She I signed saw this. on to play Olympic gold medalist Carrie, Carrie Strug in the upcoming biopic. Perfect. From director and executive producer Olivia Wilde. Boo. The film is described <laughs> as an intimate and unflinching portrait of great Team, uh, Jason Siegel over here. No, uh, uh, no, no. Uh, Jason Sudeikis. Sudeikis, yeah. Uh, the film is described as an intimate and unflinching portrait of grit and determination and tells the story behind Strug's Olympic vault, which secured America's first ever gold medal in team gymnastics during the 96 Atlanta games. How real are they uh, going to get? Are we going to see the, are we going to see the rapist? The doctor? See, I don't know. I don't know a lot about all <laughs> that, that. was the I, first yeah. thought I had when I saw this, bro. I was like, cause he's there. He was there during this time. It was, it was learned blur girls in back then. So like, is that going to be involved? I guess that just kind of depends on what Carrie Strug wants to be wants told here. Yeah, true. Um, I feel like her and the other members of the the Magnificent Seven, as they were called in the '96 games, uh, will have their input here. Mm -hmm. um, but of course, it's going to center around Carrie Strug's vault, where she 
tore like two ligaments in her foot and then had to like do one more vault to win the gold medal and did it. So, you know, a really cool sports story here. We've been clamoring for more sports biopics. Yes, we have, and, and I, I love that Tanya. So this, and this, is, uh, this gives us yeah. a similar vibe, like Olympics, similar, gold medal, you know. Not as much scandal involved. Yeah, no, 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 more no, no, no. Like More uh, heroic, more like, mm-hmm. yeah, we can root for well, this. They say unflinching portrait of grit and determination. Very, very much so. Yep. So, but like I said, it's going to be interesting to see if they include any of that in there. Yeah, I didn't know anything about that. So I might be doing a little bit more research on that uh, that 96 team. But anyway, the other story I have is a really interesting one that uh, even Longoria is going to be putting out a project called Flaming Hot about the adventure of spicy of oh the spicy Cheeto snack. Oh, um, my gosh. <laughs> I'm so sick of the spicy Cheetos craze, bro. I'm so just- sick of it. Jesse Garcia and Annie Gonzalez will be the stars of this movie. Longoria is going to make a feature directorial, uh, maybe her directorial debut. I haven't heard of her do anything else prior. Yeah, me neither. Um, and it tells the inspirational story of Richard Montañez, a janitor at Frito Lay. Montañez took inspiration from his Mexican American her- heritage to create the widely popular snack, Flaming Hot Cheetos. Garcia will. Garcia will play Montañez and Gonzalez will portray his wife, Judy. Cool. Good. Good to know. This is where Chachitos came from. I know there's going to be a bunch of women who love that fucking snack. Gonna, they better be in that fucking movie supporting it. That's all I got to say about that. No, those are hot fries. And that's what all the no, they love. fuck with hot Cheetos. Shuby. that and hot fries. Both of them. Nasty ass women. Nasty ass snack. I hate hot Cheetos. <laughs> That was good. The flaming hot Cheetos are better than the normal Cheetos. Everybody trying to put flaming hot Cheeto dust on food nowadays. Oh yeah, let's coat it, coat our burrito. Yeah, bro, go to TikTok. They coat everything on there. So you know, but cool, good for Eva Longoria. But next up, our guy John David Washington is set to star in Gareth Evans' new sci-fi film. Gareth Edwards. Gary, yeah. I think I keep saying my guy from Britain, but Gareth Edwards, the Rogue One director, and his next film, True Love at the New Regency. The film is an original sci-fi project with written and directed by Gareth Edwards. Yeah. So Gareth Edwards, best known for what he did with Rogue One, tapping into his sci-fi roots again, writing and directing this film, True Love. Uh, John David Washington going to be the main star. Could be big. I hope it's not. I hope it's not like a... A lovey-dovey. I hope it's like he's like a hitman cop. Like he's like a mercenary, that type deal. I don't know. We'll see how, how it goes. But, you know, we've seen him do Malcolm and Marie. Yeah, he's, he's pulled know, off he love well. Stuff. He can, so. definitely. I just want to see him do more cool shit than that. But, you know, whatever. Sure. C'est la vie. Next up, we got... Kristen Stewart and Viggo Mortensen will star in David Cronenberg's Crimes of the Future, the story of a popular performance artist whose shtick involves growing new organs in his body. The sci-fi thriller sounds extremely Cronenbergian. According to Deadline, which broke this news, the film is set to star in a distant future where humans have evolved beyond their natural state into metamorphosis, altering biology, biological makeup. In this setting, a performance artist named Saul Tinser embraces accelerated evolution syndrome, sprouting new and unexpected organs in his body removing those organs becomes a new kind of theater one that earns a following as well as attention of the government Ooh, this sounds interesting yeah this i'm not a big, big for kristen stewart i'm not a big cronenberg guy you know he always does this gross stuff <laughs> but i'm gonna watch and, like, it 
And I'm just not, I just don't know if I'm into this gross stuff, man. Look at, look at the, the Twilight people coming up, Chris and Stewart and uh, Robert Pattinson. Where's Taylor Lautner at? Dude was supposed to be an action star and then dropped off the face of the earth. Yeah, he made bad choices. And you remember that one action movie he did? Yeah, it was trash. <laughs> Wait, I got to get the name of it. Taylor um, Lautner. <laughs> well, the thing the thing about that is that, you know, Twilight isn't a good representation. Anna Kendrick also came off Twilight, too. Ooh, she did. Um, Abduction. That's what it was called. Abduction. Abduction and Tracers. The two action movies Tracers from Taylor. is the one I'm thinking of. I watched them both. Because Tra- was Tracers the one with the baseball stadium? No, that's Abduction. That's abduction, yeah, yeah, yeah. bro. Yeah. I can't believe we were Taylor Lardner fans. <laughs> I wasn't. I was never a Taylor Lardner fan. Um, <laughs> but but the thing about Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart is even before Twilight and after Twilight, they have the receipts. Like they put up good performances, like Robert Pattinson and Harry Potter. You know, yep. That was that was Lardner didn't have him. shit. He was just a pretty and, boy. And Kristen Stewart in Adventure in Adventureland. Yep. So. You know, we've seen them, uh, Kristen Stewart even more so before that. I'm pretty sure she was in Panic Room. Maybe. I'm not sure. I'm not the biggest Kristen Stewart follower, so I, mean, I don't let know. Let me look that up real but, quick. But, you because, know, her Viggo yeah. Mortensen Cronenberg could be a hit. Could be a hit. Maybe yeah, Oscar she, yeah. Bain. Kristen Stewart as a kid was in Panic Room. So, I mean, she was a child star. So They had yeah. talent, unlike Lawyer, who was just like a pretty face. Yes, exactly. You know, but all right. Next up, we got Bios, an upcoming sci-fi drama starring Tom Hanks has been sold to Apple TV+. The film follows Finch, the last man on Earth, an ailing inventor facing his own mortality. Finch builds a robot to keep his beloved dog safe as the trio embarks on an epic cross-country journey. The scientist must tease his creation to become human enough to take care of it, its charge, and the beloved pet to accept a new master. Caleb Landry Jones will be playing the robot in the motion capture role. Miguel Spokchinik, who helmed the Emmy-winning Battle of the Bastards episode of Game of Thrones, will direct. Yo, I'm so sick of Tom Cruise making this same damn movie. Tom Hanks. I mean, Tom Hanks, yeah, bro. I'm so... This is just gonna be some feel-good ass shit. I'm not watching this shit. This reminds me of some Wally meets I Am Legend meets Castaway bullshit. Uh, uh, Wally meets fucking Marley and me. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Because <laughs> Marley and me is the dog movie. Yeah. This is another dog movie, bro. I hate dog movies. And that's no disrespect <laughs> to dogs. But, like, they're all the same thing. It's like, ooh, I love my dog. We so happy my dog about to die. Like, oh, bro. It's not gonna have no action, no none of that. This is about to just be a sad, sappy Christian X movie. <laughs> Christian S. Yeah. 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 I don't know what Apple TV is doing here. Just Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks wanted it. So they were like, fuck it. It's Tom Hanks. Yeah. I mean, I think he 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 has the their the deal with him or something because he got Greyhound yep. come out. Yep. So you know um, that. They're just making Tom Hanks films, getting their money's worth. But that's um, but, all I got on that. Yeah, moving off Tom Hanks, Discovery Plus is going to venture into scripted development with the streamer acquiring the TV rights to the book Girls with Bright Futures. Mm, okay. The plan is to currently develop Girls with Bright Futures as a miniseries. The book was originally published in February 2021. It deals with a college admission scandal in the elite Seattle community in which a group of mothers will do anything they can to make sure their daughters get accepted into the best universities. Maybe not sounds like the sounds most like interesting the full content. House 
<laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's based off of some of that. Well, okay. it, it may it may not be um, the most interesting content, but the fact that Discovery Plus is going to venture into scripted shows is interesting. Yeah, because they're already killing it with reality. So let's see if they, if they get scripted. Watch out, Discovery Plus putting their name on the map. Yeah, I'd be really interested to see what they do with that. You know, of course, they're probably going to... They do kind of have some scripted stuff with, like... what Don't they have History Channel on there? Where they, yeah. They have those, like, retellings of historical of things with, like... But this is going to be an actual show. So. With like this, Yeah, this is an actual show based off a book. Like, you know, this... I'd be interested to see what kind of... Um, what kind of stuff they could develop off of this if it is successful mm-hmm. and will people be interested in it? I know for me, I'm not going to discovery plus to watch a scripted show. I'm no, going to watch either. house centers channel Chopped. or her yeah. chops channel. So that's a fact we'll have to see. So, so we'll see. Um, yeah, but like I said, HBO max coming up again. I don't know if you remember this show, Lyndon, but, uh, HBO max has given a 10 episode order to the Garcia's a sequel to the family comedy, the brothers Garcia, that, that aired on Nickelodeon so for four seasons from 2000 to 2004. The original series revolved around four children, three boys and a girl and a Mexican-American family living in San Antonio, Texas. The new iteration finds the Garcia children grown up and gathering with their parents for a three-month summer vacation in a luxury home by the beach. Oh, the yeah, six four original cast members will reprise their roles. Oh, so Vanessa Hudgens, everybody's coming back? I don't remember. Was Vanessa Hudgens in this? I think so. That's what. Um, I don't maybe think not. So. I mean, she, I th- she might have been the baby. I don't know. But John Leguizamo's in it, so he's coming back. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't cool. know if he counts in the six core members of the group. Because so Finn Badgley like was Larry, also part Lorena, of the six. George, Carlos. Okay, and adult Larry was John Leguizamo. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it would be he, he narrated. Yeah, so he'll okay. probably be back to narrate. Okay, cool. Well, this was up. I love, like I said, is if we're giving more people voices, I'm always down for that. Yeah, I was a huge fan of the Brothers Garcia when I was a kid. Um, it was one of my favorite shows on Nickelodeon. Um, it kind of came in like the later slates, later night slate. I would say it was like a 7.30, 8 o'clock show. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm excited to see it come back. It's interesting to me that it's coming back on HBO Max because it's a Nickelodeon show. I would have thought it would have gone Paramount. But, um, you know, I feel like by... I actually feel more comfortable with HBO Max being in control of it. Um, Nickelodeon. Than, than with Paramount. Um, yeah. You I think get that... Better stories. Well, I think it, it will also up the stakes a little bit here. You know, HBO is not shy from getting into serious topics and issues yep so i feel like they'll be a little bit more serious or you know or you know they do comedic stuff too i think it'll be a good fit of it'll be a lot less sitcom and a lot more show show yeah also if you want another good latino inspired show shea serrano of the ringer legendary writer Mm. Him and Michael Shore have a comedy at works with IMDb TV that's backed by Amazon. And Michael Shore is the writer of The Good Place. He also uh, wrote, I believe, Parks and Rec. But basically, the show from Serrano and them, it's going to be basically... Hold on, let's see. I'm trying to find the 
Okay, so it's called Primo. It's a compelling and highly entertaining coming-of-age story about a Mexican-American teenager balancing cultural norms, Collins aspirations, social expectations, and the hectic life at home being raised by a single mom and five uncles. The series is written by yeah, both Serrano and Shore, who wrote Good Plates and Parks and Rec. So this could be something big for Amazon in, in uh, IMDb, IMDb TV, also giving more Latino Americans voices and hearing more stories that aren't just cartel and gangs, which is necessary. Sure. And I think like the Brothers Garcia was big on that early on. I think, you know, it was Brothers Garcia and George Lopez that yep. were really important for young Latino kids in the early 2000s. The George so, Lopez show did what the Bill Cosby show did for African-Americans. You could probably say that. I don't know enough about, about all that to, to make that just make that just, statement, just how the Bill Cosby show made African-Americans accessible and showed like, okay, not every African-American comes from a broken home. There's like a family structure that is the, the husband is a doctor. The mom's a, a lawyer. Same thing with George Lopez show. It doesn't, not everybody has to come from gangs or this. It was a loving working family. So good, yeah. good for that. And good for the brothers Garcia. Uh, the last bit here is uh, we talked about, I believe last week that Colin Firth is going to be starring in the HBO limited series, the staircase about mm -hmm. the Michael Peterson uh, murders. We now find that Tony Collette is going to play the wife. Nice. Great actress. Good cast. HBO always giving us these great murder mysteries. Exactly. Uh, we do kind of know a little bit more about this case than some of the others. So there won't be too many twists and turns, True. but you know, having Colin Firth on one end and Tony Collette on the other. I mean, that's that's power cast. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And with that being said, that's all the news we have for the week. It's time to get into the segment of the show where we suggest one movie or TV show that's coming out this week. That's new or that we haven't mentioned on the show before that may be a little older. But we think you should check out this segment's called Movie on the Rise. Schubert, what you got? Um, we've talked about it before. The Jason Statham movie mm, Wrath of Man comes nice. out this weekend. Um, from what we know is Jason Statham is going to be, he has someone close to him. I think his son die on his John at, Wick shit. <laughs> on, yeah. He's coming in on his John Wick shit. I think his son was, a an armored vehicle driver and he yep. dies. So he now becomes an armored vehicle driver and trying to kill to all kill, the people back. Yeah. <laughs> kill the criminals that are attacking the armored, armored trucks. And he, you know, it's Jason Statham being Jason Statham. So Jason I think Statham's it'd be pretty interesting. Two years behind on the point. It's a Guy Ritchie movie too. Oh, that's what got me, got us interested. Yeah, it is Guy Ritchie. You're absolutely mm -hmm. right. I'm checking this out this weekend. Also for me, the new superhero show for Netflix, Jupiter's Legacy, from Mark Millar is dropping. I'm super excited for this so we can get more of the Millar-verse. Hopefully this is good so we can get a protege. Or a, what's that What's that uh, thing that they stopped developing to finish doing this? Uh, Prodigy from Mark Prodigy. Millar. So I'm super excited yeah. for that. Yeah, uh, we will let you guys know next week how we feel about it, whether or not we want to talk about it or not. Yep, that's a fact. All righty, now it's time to get into the reviews. Let's start with Yasuke first, non-spoiler. Yeah, let's just talk. Yeah, I've only gotten into three. I've only got three episodes in, so that's I'm halfway. I'm four deep. I got two left. Um, I'm liking it so far. I mean, I like the backstory of Yasuke, and um, I like how they, you know, are not, like, making it fantastical of 
the fact that he's a, a black samurai. You know, also love that they're not making it. They could have done Afro samurai or samurai shampoo and kept it traditional to feudal Japan. I actually like the magic sci-fi elements, like with the mechs and shit. Yeah. Yeah. I was, yeah, I agree with that too. And, and, and the powers and all that, um, you know, episode two was a high point for me. Like when we go into the, into his past and yep. like there was that one, um, town or whatever that they were trying to conquer. And they were like, yeah, we don't, we don't fuck with that. You guys have women bl- and, yeah, and, and black, black samurais. samurais. And he whooped that dude. And then he ass. whipped it and whipped all their asses. But then yep. like the juxtaposition of that, like the, the, I forgot her, the girl's name, but she's talking to him and she's like, yeah, you know, after we did that, another group came in and killed all their women and children because that's just the way things work. And like, we're just pawns. Crazy, bro. Super crazy. Such a good show. The soundtrack is amazing. I said this on other shows. I'm going to say this here. Samurai Shampoo is known for one of the best hip hop soundtracks with Nujabez. I think this one is better than it with Flying Lotus. I think it's amazing. It's pretty good. I, you know, first time I heard the the theme, mm-hmm. I was like, is that Childish Gambino? Mm-mm. It was Thunder. No, it's not. I know it's not, but like at first I was definitely like, sounds like him though. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I love it. It's great, great music and it fits the vibe of the show. Also, they said this is just the start of the universe. So I'm ready to finish it to see where they're going after this. Cause they said they're expanding the Yasuke universe and there's more stuff to come. For sure. Um, you know, the characters that we've seen so far are pretty compelling. Um, the fact that they had a bear werewolf lady, that was crazy. Bear werewolf lady, the, the robot character I like a lot. Um, the black the, shaman. The, when the he's black like, shaman. Whoa, yeah. you speak Japanese? I'm not yeah. the only black person here? Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, but great show. We'll definitely do a non-spoiler next week. Or, yeah, um, let's like get that. into Invincible because we're doing Without Remorse right before the actress list. You know I love that okay. Invincible, what a great finale! What a great show! Omni Man, such a fuck. dude, just straight up beat his son's ass and then thought of his playing baseball and was like, Oh, I did too much, I need to leave. You been did too much when you call that man mama a pet. That was fucked up, bro. That was poor Debbie, up, poor Debbie, bro. Also, fuck you, what's that bitch name? Amber? Amber, don't come to my house after my pops with my ass, don't do that. I, I would have slammed the door in his face and don't kiss me either. We're not cool. I'm, well, I'm trying and, to go fuck Mark, Eve. And I thought Mark was about to do that because like at first he was like, what is this? Like, oh. He was like, what's going on here? I don't, I don't, I hope they don't get back together. I don't think that was like, we're getting back together. I think it was just like, he was in a moment of crisis and needed a friend. And it was good that his other friend showed up. Cause he don't need to be with Amber. Go be with Adam Eve. My dog. She understands you, but That's he got to train. It's time to train. He's got <laughs> he a train and, and you know I don't know how much we want to talk about the finale but it, that kind of leads me to like the end of the finale where I kind of did like a montage of, of the villains the out coming. there and so like you know there's there's people to to deal with uh, I don't know how much Omni-Man we're going to get in the coming seasons I feel like that's going to be something that's going to happen down the road we'll it, probably it, get some like th- we'll probably hear about like what Omni-Man's doing maybe at the end of the next or, season like, or like, you know, how he's preparing for Omni-Man. Obviously, Cecil's pulling some some fuck shit to get ready for Omni-Man, which is probably going to cause problems on Earth, too. But see, you, Omni-Man's not who we got to worry about. It's the other Viltrumites. Mm, facts, yeah. Because they showed one 
who is going to be a major villain. His name is Conquest. When they when Omni Man told him the truth about Viltrum, and they show the people who made it after. I don't know if you remember the guy with the gray hair. He was the only Viltrumite that had gray hair. That guy's an important villain coming up. Beast Man, the Lion Man, we saw him important. Fucking uh, Mahershala Ali's character, Stone Man, important. So it's like, yo. Also, the Mauler Brothers, important. Yep. So yep. So there's gonna, there's gonna be a lot to come with Mark. I thought um, another big scene for him was when he was meeting up with that alien guy, and they were yeah. kind of talking about. So I he was I like, he was like, watch out for the Viltrum, Viltrum, Viltrumites, or whatever. And then he kind of goes into further explanation about like what kind of things that they're capable of, and how he might have to join the the coalition to stop Viltrum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they would and they would be lucky to have him because he's a Viltrumite. A Viltrumite. Yep. One hundred percent. Also. Love the fight between Mark and Omni Man again. Mark stood no chance. Well, oh. what was really interesting about that is that Mark was trying to, you know, save people, and like I thought that was some of the the more captivating stuff is like him trying to to make these saves, and it also shows a lot of what the show is like. You know, he saves the the pilot, and then his dad comes in and he's like. Why'd you do that for? And then he just crushes his head. The worst one was when he held his head through the subway and it was just his arms. He couldn't put his arms in and they were just destroying people. My, my girlfriend was like, what the fuck are you watching right now? She was like, this is nuts. I was like, I told you this is a crazy show. Yeah, it was it was pretty, pretty fucked up. And like the other thing that I was thinking of was like when that building fell and he was holding that woman. Bro, I was like, oh, and then the arm. Oh. My girlfriend screamed. Yeah, I was like, she was like, oh. I, was, I was like, if this was any other superhero show, that that lady would have made it. Mm-hmm. But like, what I knew was like, from what the show was, I knew that when that happened, I was like, that's just gonna be an arm. Bro, that was nuts. Also, I just robot as that little dude, bro, just fucks with me every time I see him. Dude, just trying you, to you smash see, Monster Girl. You see Monster Girl holding his hand. <laughs> What a fool. And the crazy thing is, Monster Girl should feel disgusted because she's 26. That dude is 12. <laughs> well, yeah, he's not technically 12. He's just in a 12-year-old's body like her. He's a robot. So what are we doing here? <laughs> like, dude is 12. <laughs> and then what was Black Samson doing? Like, oh, yeah, don't r- rub the, the blood off. And then the team did together. He's like, oh, now we're a team. That was a test. What you talking about, Black Samson? <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't like that whole team, man. Me like, neither. The Guardians sucks. They're going to get their ass beat. They suck. I only Rex care explode. about Mark and Eve. Dude just has, like, balls that explode trash. What if you break that robot body and get inside to that little boy? He toast. Monster Girl, all you got to do is fight her long enough to where she turns to a baby. And Black Samson, nobody's scared of his ass. No. And don't talk about that, the Adam Shrinker, girl. I would just catch her and squish her. Yeah, and then what? There's duplicate or whatever. All she can do is make clones. She's a human with clones. Just get a machine gun, bust her ass up. <laughs> it was kind of funny though when like they were sitting at that diner or whatever, and they were talking to Eve about You're her, duplicate? and they're like, "Huh? What's wrong with you, and, dummy?" And they're like, "No, that's duplicate." <laughs> <laughs> great episode, great show overall. This this was a very very great show, and I'm ready for season two. And season two and three already got confirmed. That's how good it was. Just like the boys, Amazon confirmed it, and they know the people love it. They have two hit shows with the boys in in uh, Invincible, something that other places can't say they have. 
And then, I mean, they're even going to spin off the boys too. I don't think we'll see any spinoffs of Invincible, but I think that this is probably going to get that live show. action though. And that might give us the spinoffs. Cause they're doing a live action Invincible. Did they say that? Yeah. Think, With yeah, Amazon. And it's, it's the same team that does the boys, Seth Rogen and Robert Kirkman. I mean, well, Robert Kirkman is the writer of Invincible, but he's doing it with Seth Rogen and their production company who did The Boys. So I trust Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen's just making all the cool shit right now. I just don't know after if seeing Invincible, it, if you, if one, if you need it, and two, if it would, if you did it, it would work the same way. Cause like just like I'd seen you were talking about the subway thing. Like, I don't think they could do that live action. I don't know what they're going to do. It's interesting. But like, but like I said, if, 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 it's, if I'm going to trust anybody, it's Seth Rogen. Cause like he cut his teeth on preacher. He made the boys. Now the boys is uber successful. Now he's doing this. And it's like, I don't know if we'll ever see Seth Rogen do a comedy movie. Like, like the old school days. I think he's done with that. I think he's just creating now. Yeah. I think he's, yeah. I, I think Seth Rogen has moved into his Kevin Smith vibe. Like, you know, how Kevin Smith was acting. Yeah, and now now he's strictly just director. I think and, know, and Seth Rogen Seth so Rogen's far kind of transitioned having that. a better career post than Kevin Smith did because Kevin Smith's movies are so far. Seth Rogen has all hits with The Preacher. Well, the and he's also and- tapped into TV, which I think is important, and you know that's kind of where we're leaning towards as, as a as society, a, getting yeah. some good TV content. So that's a fact. Well, let's go to a movie, Schubert. I loved it. Without remorse, Michael B. Jordan is back. He's back. Fire! I would agree that Michael B. Jordan is back, but you know what you didn't like about the know. movie? Uh, it was kind of slow, and like everyone that wasn't Michael B. just was like, "Whatever." Like, what are you doing? It was just there? an action movie, though. I didn't expect much. Like, it was a solid, solid action movie. All the fights were great. I thought him. Becoming John Clark was great. I thought like I, Jamie Bell pissed me off at first, but the bait and switch of him actually being a good guy was dope. I thought, yeah, yeah, Jamie Bell. I would say was this, my second favorite character because of that. Like at first, I was like, oh, this dude is bad news. Then like something happens, and you're like, oh yeah, he is the bad news. And then it flips at the end. And um, you know, I thought the the ending sequence with guy pierce was strong. i really love that yeah man. but like that that was the thing for me it was either you know guy pierce and michael b jordan doing a tour to force of acting and then that was about it like all the stuff that i can think of is just michael b acting um His him, were good cra- too. him crawling on the floor of this intense. house intense, intense. Him getting on the bed and then like when he goes back to his house and he's sitting in the ball like in the with like all the blood around him and he's like super mad but you see the tears great great acting uh i thought that his, all the his, action scenes were dope like the firing and the the fighting scenes fire his prison stuff i really enjoyed a lot with the water and everything him kicking their ass i thought that was dope that this movie was better than extraction i'm just oh, putting yeah, that out yeah. there I think I definitely think it was better than Extraction and a lot of those Netflix action movies. Um, I think and I'm like ready for Rainbow of, Six. We got the they're giving him another movie, Rainbow Six Vegas, baby. The team. Yeah, yeah. I think like that definitely was set up because you know he was he's a ghost. This felt ghost, like the ghost recon, ghost protocol. This was 100 percent the setup movie to give us what they want to give us. Yeah, yeah. Uh 
Build, building up the Clancy verse, I guess. And I and we're definitely gonna get that John Jack Ryan ties because the uh the lady from um from Queen and Slim who was his partner uh Greer uh, Jody J- uh yeah Jody was uh was uh Katie was, Greer I remember her last name or whatever but. who's the niece of Jim Greer who is Wendell Pierce mm. in Jack Ryan. Gotcha. So Karen and, and, Greer is related to. Jim Greer, and that's Jim what Greer. uh, that's what uh, Guy Pierce was saying. He was like, "Your uncle Jim Greer, great soldier, great uh, uh officer." Oh yeah, I do remember you. that scene. Mm-hmm. Yep, and that's what. I, and when I got that, that was all I needed because that means we're gonna get John Krasinski, baby, and Wendell Pierce with Michael B. Jordan. They might as well do it and just give us the action verse, the Tom Clancy verse. Yeah, yeah. Only thing that made me be like, are we sure was how Michael B. Jordan escaped from uh, the Russians. I don't know if that was possible. <laughs> they would have been caught. Well, when he like was put on the gas mask and just walked <laughs> into the truck and drove off. Yeah. When he took, when he put on those people's suit, I didn't know if he had enough time to do that. I thought he should have been did that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know about all that either, but that was a pretty intense scene or whatever. It was great. And like, and like, I feel like it, it the payoff at the end made everything worth it because like, you see what Guy Pierce was trying to do, and like you get that sense when like they get there and like the cops come and then they snipe down the cops and it's like, oh, this was just a setup for us because like now they want to start a war with Russia. Yep. Damn. Damn. And then like, you know, what Guy Pierce said at the end kind of made you think about like today's America, where it's like, oh, well, Americans today are like fighting with each other. We need to come up with a common enemy again. I'm like, that's fucked up thinking. Like, we're just gonna start yeah, wars so that we don't. True. Look in, into ourselves. I was just like, instead of acknowledging the problem, we want to just sugarcoat it constantly. And and that we want to go back to McCarthyism is what he wanted yep. to go back to. And that's why I thought this movie was dope. They had a lot of good ties. But you're right, the beginning was a little slow. But once you get to the prison with Jack, once he gets to the prison, it's off and rolling. Yeah, I mean, I honestly could have had this movie without anyone else, just Michael B. Like, that's what it felt like to me. And, like, I didn't even feel like anyone else was really in the movie besides Guy Pierce and, and um, Jamie Bell, Karen Greer, and Jamie Bell. Yeah, no, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. The scene that I was like, bro, Michael B., you wildin'. Was the, 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 the diving in the airplane scene? I was like, whoa, this dude here is clowning, does not care about his life. No, not at all. <laughs> But got to say, Lauren London did a good job. And I know this role had to be hard for her because she's the wife of Nipsey Hussle, who died away in a tragic murder. So I know this role had to be hard for her. But I bet it was therapy having her play this role a little bit. Sure. I mean, she wasn't really in it very, very long. No, not much. But I definitely think the scene where he was about to die and she was like, it's not your time, gave Mm -hmm. me Naruto vibes. Remember when when Kakashi was sitting there in the purgatory area and he was talking to his dad his and they're like it's not yeah. just that that looked just like that scene that's what it reminded me of too some sort sort of so it's, i'm giving this movie a solid eight eight out of ten loved it i wasn't gonna be too far lower than that i was gonna stay uh stay around like the i would range it from six eight to seven two. Oh, so, that's low you should be at seven five <laughs> seven two to seven five I mean, it just, it really just felt like Michael B. Jordan was on an island with himself. That's fair. And, yeah. And, um, but sometimes and guess, you need that. Like, for example, Training Day would be a shitty movie without Denzel Washington. Like, the plot yeah. of Training Day, if you go back and look at the story of Training Day, 
It's not there. It's just Denzel and fucking uh, Ethan Hawke's amazing performance. That's all that movie is. Yeah. The one thing I'd take out of this is like what you said early on is that Michael B is definitely back. I feel pretty confident putting him in some other roles. I mean, yep. you know, uh, up top or whatever. I mean, I wouldn't be too hurt if he ended up being yeah. Superman. Or John Stewart. Either one. Or John Stewart. Either, Either one. one. Pick your choice, Michael B. And I'm ready for it, man, because he deserves it. And he's shown, like, I can do action. I can be serious. He needs to be. I'm not going to I'm not going to say he should do more dramas, but he should well, definitely I mean, be the, the action star from now on. Yeah, I don't I don't know if you could even say that because, I mean, it's not like he hasn't been doing them. Just Mercy was just a couple of years ago. True. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I want him more in this bag, like the gritty action star, whether it's cops, secret agents, superheroes. I think this fits him more so than doing the I'm a lawyer in just mercy. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what he ends up putting together the next stretch. He He's also doing that work with static shock. So, yep, he's getting in his production. I, that's why I, that's why I feel like he does want to get into D.C. in some capacity. Like, obviously, he's not going to be static shock. No, but like. You know, maybe he is going to be John Stewart. Yeah, maybe. He, he, I think he's going to either be Black Superman or John Stewart. One of them. They're giving him one of them. I think so. I mean, I think that would just make the most sense. And he commented on like Black big... Superman last week. He was like, "I think this is a story that needs to be told." So, like, cast him. Why not? Yeah, exactly. And let's get John David as the other one. If you're going to do Black Superman as Michael B, let's get John David as, as Green Lantern. Se- secure them because you know Marvel's already got Jonathan Major. Yeah, and we can't lose them too. We got to keep them. We got to keep them in you the bag. We don't. And, and they got Mahershala Ali. Yeah, no, no, so. no. It's and Sterling K. Brown's looking like he's staying doing TV shit. So yeah, we got to keep these two. So that would be fire. But with our remorse, giving it an eight. 8.2 watched it twice loved it so definitely was an action movie that i needed and i definitely think if you love action movies you should watch it like if you love lethal weapon if you love um shit i'm just uh extraction mission if you love impossible. those type of mission impossible this is a good movie like how do you think he stacks up to like i think michael b's character would kick a lot of spies asses like i think he beaten up ethan hunt oh yeah i mean like his character would probably beat up a lot of people. Like, I don't know if he's beating up Bourne, but it'd be a good oh, fight. I think he's beating up Bourne. You think he beats up Bourne? Okay. I definitely think he beats up uh, everybody from Lethal Weapon, everybody from Die Hard. Like, Bruce Willis ain't not about to beat up John Beating Kelly. up James Bond. Who? Sure. You got him beating up James Bond? James Bond is not a fighter. James Bond is... The gadget guy. Well, Daniel Craig Bond is a fighter. That's true. That's true. Do you have him beating up John Wick? I think that might be too far. <laughs> I think it might be too far. All right. Yeah, but he's up there. He's up there. Shout out he's to John close. Kelly, man. He definitely beating up Chris Hemsworth's bitch ass. Oh, drunkard. <laughs> oh, no, he was a he was an opium addict. Dude was shooting up fucking heroin before missions. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Like another part of that movie that I really liked was like when he was like trying to track down that Russian dude and he like goes into that hotel room and pees all over his clothes and like yep. gets himself ready That's what for I'm the saying. fire. There were so many good scenes. That's why I'm saying six point something is too low, Chubin. It's too low. You got to be up to at least I don't five. know if like the story was as great as the acting was great. That's fair, but that's what that's you, but you got so many scenes that you love though. Like that, that fire scene was incredible. And then him walking up like I'm drunk, da, 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 and then him ch- that's like, what that I'm talking was, about. Yeah, that was great. That was great. That 
8.2, man. Stamp. Go watch this fucking movie without remorse. Let's go. Rainbow Six Vegas. Let's get it. But all right, let's get to our top uh, actress list, actresses list. We're on 20 through 16. Yeah. So start um, us off, Shuby. Well, I guess recapping what we had. We had a lot of different names in the in the first five. Yep. Like for me, my 25 uh, had Rachel McAdams, Brie Larson, Jennifer Lawrence lumped in together. 24 had the Hepburns, Catherine and Audrey. 23 was Susan Sarandon, Diane Keaton. Uh, 22, I had Michelle Williams and Renee Zellweger. 21, Emma Thompson. And then uh, to get started on my list, my 20 is, um, is Margot Roby. Nice, 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 nice. Like it. Yeah, for, for me, I feel like Margot Roby could be put up higher in the next six years. Uh, I just feel like her career is really just getting started. Um, but I feel like she deserves to be on this list for the performances that she's given in the in, in what she's had. On she top of that, is. she is she already has some iconic roles such as Harley Quinn. Yep. So wh- whether or not Birds of Prey was a good movie, she, she was much, good. She is Harley Quinn and Tanya Harding. Like she's had some big roles, and that's why when you told me I had Sir Ronan too low, I'm like, but you got Margot Robbie so low. I got Margot Robbie in the next in the next couple of groups coming up. But all right, for me, 25 Uma Thurman, 24 Diane Keaton slash Alfre Woodard, 23 Judy Dench slash Helen Mirren, 22 Octavia Spencer. 21 Tessa Thompson slash Cersei Ronan. And then at number 20, we're starting it off with Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman is a great actress. Uh, we've seen her roles, whether that's um, the most recently in uh, what's the, uh, Undoing, Undoing, which was great. We've seen her in uh, Big Little Lies, which was great. She is one of the classic Hollywood actresses, and she had to make this list. Yeah, um, she's a, a small punt for me, um, and I'll talk about her more when we get to it. But it's not too far down the line. I do agree, kind of where, where you have her at. She and she has been more into the TV side, space in the movie, the space. movie side. Yep. Um, and for the next person I have on my list, mainly because she is highly involved in TV, is why I have her where she's at is Regina King. I feel like Regina King has done such a good job in the TV space, but really hasn't cut her teeth in like some big movie stuff besides a Beale Street, Beale Street could talk. And I, same with Margaret Roby. That's why I put them right next to each other is that five, six years down the line, Margaret Roby and Regina King are probably two people that I'd be pushing top five. I think it's too low for both of them. My guy gonna have Cersei Ronan up super high, but got my got my queens Margot Robbie and Regina King so low. That's a huge punt for me. Not 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 a super super punt. What? Well, yeah, no, it's a it's a punt. It's a big punt. So I'm gonna talk about Regina King later in life. But again, versatility is what I'm gonna argue for Regina King when it's my time. But all right, for me, number nineteen, I got Angela Bassett. Classic, classic actress. Uh, she's been in so much stuff, whether it's Black Panther, Olympus Has Fallen, Green Lantern, Mission Impossible, um, Mr. 3000, Strange Days, Contact. She's been just the ultimate black lady actress, just one of the people that we look to. She was in Malcolm X, just in an era where they didn't give a lot of black ladies roles. So she was always a support and never got really her shot at being a lead. But in terms of just skill, 
There's not too many better than Angela Bassett, and she deserves to be on this list. That's why I got yeah. her 19. I, I don't have her on this list, but I agree with a lot of the stuff that you're saying. Um, you know, I I think Angela Bass Angela Bassett really does show up in whatever she does. Most recently Kills for it. me, I remember her role in American Horror Story. It was one of my favorite ones that she did. Um uh was the she's been in a few different American horror stories, but it was the Roanoke one that I really thought that she did a terrific job in. Um, but yeah, I mean she's she's definitely pretty solid. So she got you know, eighteen. 18 for me is where I had Nicole Kidman. All right. Nice. Nice. Now that yeah. I agree with, I'm, I'm just, I'm just so appalled at this Cersei. You got mad at me for having Cersei Ronan low and you go, but you, you talking about new age actresses, but you about to have her like top team. Cersei, Cersei Ronan has been getting like <laughs> actual awards. Yes. Yeah, but, uh, but shout out Nicole Kidman. I I, I yeah, agree with you at this. Nicole point. Kidman had a better movie career earlier. Now more so in the TV space, uh, but she definitely deserves to be on our list. That's a in fact. this in in this section. So, yeah, I agree with that one hundred percent. All right, next up for me, eighteen. I got Natalie Portman. Started off as a kid in Leon the Professional. Saw in Viva Vendetta, Black Swan. She's been, uh, she won an Oscar, I believe, for Black Swan. Uh, she's in Thor, Love and Thunder. She was in Thor, didn't get too much, too much good shit in there. But from Black Swan, no strings attached, Your Highness. Uh, she was in Star Wars uh, as Padme. So she's had her big franchises. She's had the Oscar wins. Not too many people about, better yeah, than Natalie Thor. Portman. She's about, to, she's about yeah. to be the lead in Thor, Love and Thunder. So good yeah. for her. Uh, where are we at? 17? 17. 17, I have Sigourney Weaver. Nice. That's a that's a little bit of a punt. That's going to be a punt to next week. So I'm right. Yeah. We're, we're around the same spot. It's, it's probably not too much farther than what you have, but um, I felt like this was a good place to put her because I really haven't seen enough of her work. I finally just saw Alien and Aliens like last a couple weeks ago. Um, but I feel, feel like she did a phenomenal job in those movies. Like she definitely did. You know, Avatar is another big role that I remember yep. her in that she did a really great job. Uh, of course, Holes when we were kids. Yeah. Pretty iconic as the warden. But other than that, I really just can't put my finger on a lot of things that she's been in and performed well in. Uh, the other one that I do remember that I've seen recently is a copycat copycats, a great movie for anyone that needs to see it. I can, I only sing praises of copycat. So, um, Scorny Weaver definitely deserving to be on the list. Nice. Nice. I like that. The next one for me, some of y'all might be like, Whoa, Lyndon, this, you got her over Natalie Portman, but I just like her more as an actress and I like her roles more. I'm going with Emily Blunt at 17 mm. of Sicario fame. If you've watched Sicario, you know this woman can act. She's absolutely incredible. Uh, she's in The Quiet Place, incredible. Edge of Tomorrow. She's she's one of the rare actresses that not only brings legit acting chops, but can kill it in an action movie. Whether that's Sicario, whether that's Edge of Tomorrow, whether that's the Adjustment Bureau, whether that's... uh. I'm uh, the quiet place. She is amazing in action movies. She's a, she can do physical stuff super well, but she can also dive into it with her acting chops, whether that's Mary Poppins, devil wears Prada, uh, into the woods, even Sicario itself. She's an incredible, incredible actress. And she had to make the list. Couldn't put her higher than where I have her, but she deserves it at number 17, Emily Blunt. 
Yeah, I don't have Emily Blunt on the list because I'm a hater. I know. <laughs> you don't like her? Well, I mean, honestly, I've never seen an Emily Blunt movie. Oh, you, oh yeah, you never saw Sicario. Never seen Sicario. Never saw Mary Poppins. You saw Edge of Tomorrow? Yeah. Never. You gotta watch Edge of Tomorrow if you haven't seen it. Crazy. Yeah, I haven't seen Edge tomorrow. What was the other ones you said that she was good in? Uh, Quiet Place. Never Quiet, seen it. Yeah, you just haven't seen it. Some Emily Blunt stuff. That's so all that I is. Just, yeah. If, so if Sicario no gets picked and run it back, we're gonna definitely have a. You're definitely gonna be like, well, I should have put her at twenty something. <laughs> yeah. So there's just no way that I could have put her on this list because I just don't know anything about no, that, her roles. And that's fair. Um, sixteen. 16 the final one. What you got? Sixteen for me. I don't know where you have this lady, but I have this is where I have Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> I have Scarlett Johansson at 16, too. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yes, Scarlett Johansson. We've remember we know her more so for what she's done with like the MCU recently. But she's a great actress. But she's a crazy great actress. Like, you know, for some of the stuff that she's done earlier on, the movie Ghost World is a is pretty pretty good. Lost in translation. She does a fantastic job in marriage uh, story. You know, marriage story is it's another newer age one, but she's also in a, a movie Match Point, which is a pretty good movie. I I saw her recently in the movie, the Woody Allen movie Scoop. And then her, and she does a really great job in Scoop. Then she's in the Black Dahlia. She's in the Prestige. She's in her uh, right next to Joaquin she's the voice Phoenix, of her killing again. it. Yep. She's been nominated for two Oscars. Like Scarlett Johansson is one of the most versatile. And if Emily Blunt can do action well, but still, but still uh, kill it acting wise, Scarlett Johansson is the embodiment of that. Whether she's major in Ghost in the Shell, which I thought she got too much hate for, which she was incredible in, whether it's mm. Natasha Romanoff as Black, Black Widow, whether it was her and Lucy, whether it Lucy, was. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of some more of her action roles, but under the skin. Yeah. Like she, sci-fi. she just kills it in those roles. Don John. She was amazing. in. she's in chef. She was amazing. in. she was in uh, the jungle book as a voice actress of Ka. Great. Like yeah, she, she has done just amazing, amazing work and she has to be on the list. And I'm glad we both have her at six. Yeah. I mean, like she's someone that kind of does it all. I mean, she does yep. romance. Well, she does action. Well, uh, action. Well, she does drama well. She can be a voice actress. She can be comedic. Yep. Uh, she just can do everything. She's so a real like chameleon. A, I feel like she does. A, she is rightly so at sixteen for both of us because she is right in the middle of all of this. Um, yep. She. Uh, it's like a jack of all trades, master of none, sort of deal. Where like I don't feel like she outperform some of the people we'll have in our top 10 in, in dramatic roles, but she definitely holds her own. Yes, she does. And everything. Yes, she does. I cannot so. argue with that. She is killer. Sorry, let's go through it again. I'll go real quick. Then you can go 20, Nicole Kidman, 19, Angela Bassett, 18, Natalie Portman, 17, Emily Blunt, 16, Scarlett Johansson. I had uh, 20 is Margot Robbie, 19 Regina King, 18 Nicole Kidman, 17 Sigourney Weaver, and 16 ScarJo. Nice. So next week we're doing 15 through 11. Yep. I definitely can say that I have one person you said today in that group. And I have I have a couple people you said in that group next week. So so. All right, cool, cool. We're getting all we're getting we're getting through this, man. Uh, and I've been watching more movies, changing the list as I do. So 
again, yeah. this exercise has just shown me we got to give women better roles. Facts. That's that's all this exercise has Facts. shown me. And like, I understand why women have been complaining, rightfully so, because they're not getting the best roles. And that's just the God honest truth. Facts. And, and you know, we you know, we both put our 16, but like a, a an actress like Scarlett Johansson needs to get more shine in the female actress community because like a lot of the a lot of the people that we'll probably have in the top 10 cannot pull off which she does some of some of the stuff that Scarlett and like, Johansson and, and Margot like, Robbie are doing. And like we said, like we said, Angela Bassett's so talented, but like she doesn't get the role. She just like that's true. You just didn't give black women roles in the past. Like Angela Bassett should be a top 15, top 10 actress because she has the chops to she's, she has the chops of a Viola Davis. She doesn't get, just get the roles that a Viola Davis gets. Yeah. I mean like and Viola um, Davis only recently started getting those roles, you know, with what, like where I had with Regina King, like Regina King's been in some movies in the past, but they haven't been very big roles. And I think that's just based upon, Hollywood at the time, Octavia Spencer, someone as well. Like Octavia Spencer is getting like some bigger roles now and being like a headlining actress. But like some of the stuff that she's been in in the past, just like what? What? Why were you in this? Like, You're too good for this. So it's exactly. just like it's just it's just trash. You know, Hollywood is doing these actresses, and we're seeing it firsthand doing these exercises, which is great. So you know, if we can champion these ladies, that's what we do with this podcast. But this is getting me excited for the directors list. But we're gonna do that one a little later. We gotta watch some more movies. Probably not twenty five either. No, fifteen. Fifteen or ten. So, yeah. but that's all we got this week, Shuby. Yep, that is it for this week. Let everyone know what's going on with the Bros Who Think Network. Like we said at the jump, there's a new run it back out. Schubert, Ian, and I reviewed Step Brothers, the Will Ferrell and John C. Riley classic. So check that out. That's out now on YouTube, YouTube exclusive. Also, there's a new One Piece uh, video out if you're a fan of the manga and the anime. We discuss all, it's basically, we're calling this video series Open Discussion slash Forum, where me and Christian just get together and what's ever on our mind in the world of One Piece, whether that's theories, whether that's talking about the anime, whether that's talking about certain characters, we just do it in there. We do about five to six topics and we just go for an hour and talk all things One Piece. It's a very, very dope experience and experiment that we're doing with that video series. And we're definitely going to continue it. And we're going to include the discord community in it and have them ask us questions and be a part of the conversation for the videos going forward. It's going to be almost like a council of people, a council of one piece, an open discussion, a true forum. So be sure to check that out. Also check out uh, the most recent episode of anime talk. That's out now. The most recent bros who think podcast that is out now. And yeah, man, we got some cool stuff. Oh, also, May 22nd, May 22nd is going down Christian Hollinger versus Cash Carbon. The next pitch it match, May 22nd, Saturday, May 22nd at 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, 5 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to check that out. Going to be a super dope match. But other than that, follow the bros who think at Twitter to stay up to date with all things going on with the network. All right. Keep up with everything going on with there. Uh, this... This next upcoming Tuesday is an anime talk or never less than ill. Never less than ill. This upcoming, yeah, it's a big one too. All right, so keep an eye out for that as well. Um, so next week we'll be talking a little bit more Yasuke. We're gonna maybe watch some Nomadland. It's time. It is time. It is time. Yeah, maybe maybe watch Nomadland. Um, uh, maybe London will be done with a 
Cool at that point. We could talk about yeah, that. Yeah, I can do that too. The finale happened just recently. Oh, it did. that's why Chloe was tweeting shit. Okay. Okay. Yep. All right, yep. I'm gonna watch the finale. Um, and uh, we'll can well Bad Batch will be continuing. We'll probably leave it until later. Yeah. But anyway, I uh, hope everyone out there has a great week and um, gets gets to all these different sites and start streaming some of the stuff. We've got some good stuff coming out this week and, um, and go to the theater too. I mean, we're starting to get to the point, you know, I've just got my second vaccine. So I'm feeling a little I bit get more mine confident, on Monday. confident about uh, getting into the theater here pretty soon. And in the summer, which we're going to have some great summer movies. So, um, you know, if you've been clamoring on going to the theater or maybe it's or maybe you haven't, but <laughs> it, we want to, you know, I think like one, one thing coming out of the pandemic or whatever is that we want to try and like help out these businesses that have been yeah. really struggling, like the restaurant biz, like, you know, Mexican restaurants killed it this week with Cinco de Mayo. I'm sure they they've definitely it. been missing that. Yeah. Um, so get out there to your local theater and, and watch some of these movies on the big screen because that's how a lot of the people intended to be watched. Talk to Christopher Nolan about that one. <laughs> uh, but anyway, for Lynn Burton, my name's Adam Schubert. I hope everyone has a great week and catches us next week on the Bros Who Binge podcast. So everyone stay safe out there and as always, keep binging. Peace.